Central. We'll do it live. Okay. Well, do it live. I can. I'll write it and we'll do it live. So to get that perfect barbecue, you use wood. Are you sure it's safe? Whatever. We put the lighter fluid on, strike the match, and oh. should we call the fire department? That might be a good idea. All right, good evening, and welcome to the Really Big Barbecue Central Show. This is the show that talks about all things important in the world of barbecue and grilling. We originate from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame city of Cleveland, Ohio. It is the barbecue capital of the North Coast. I'm your program host, Greg Rempe. Happy to have you aboard here on your Tuesday. If you should see fit to join in the fun and frivolity of the show this evening via email, this is how you do it. You can get in touch with the show by sending an email to greg at bbqcentralshow.com or on the Twitter and Instagrams at bbqcentralshow. Anything else you want to find out about the show can be found at the main website, thebbqcentralshow.com. And here's what's happening in case you need to get the newsletter coming up in about 12 minutes from now. It is the first Tuesday of the month, and not only that, it is the first Tuesday of the year, so you know we're going to stroll over to the doctor's office, get a checkup from one Hall of Famer, Dr. Barbecue Ray Lampy. Absolutely. And then at 9.35, we are going to be joined by a company who I had had on the show maybe going on two years ago, maybe a little less than that. The thermometer portion of the segment in Live Fire Cooking blowing up, everybody trying to one-up somebody else, trying to add their new spin, their new, their new feature, their new benefit, a new way of getting value to you, the customer. And I'm excited to have them back on the show. Uh, so we will be joined by founder of Fireboard Labs, Ted Conrad, at 9.35. And then we will move to the second hour where two years ago I had the very same conversation with the very same person, and we're doing it all again here the first part of 2018 to recap really an historic 2017 KCBS competition season for this guy, the pitmaster of Clark Crew Barbecue Team. Travis Clark will be joining me at 1014, also 1035. Travis is interesting, always interesting, I should say, without any pre-qualifiers, but especially interesting this evening because we're going to be talking about not only the historic KCBS season that he had in 2017, but he is getting into the business of barbecue as well this year, especially in the restaurant phase. So we're going to talk to Travis all about the new venture, what it's going to entail. Does that signify to other competitors not to take the season lightly in 2018, but there might be one less big shot out there looking to take down the KCBS crown again in 2018. 
So that'll be Travis Clark for the entire 10 o'clock interview segments. That would be 1014 and 1035. Greg at the com. if you want to jump in on the email address. I'm happy to have you. Let me ask a favor of you. If you subscribe to the show on podcast, please go ahead, whatever platform you do it, and take just a few minutes out of your time, rate and review the show. This helps bump eyeballs and visibility in your particular platform. So I would love to do that. All right, Facebook questions and comments time. This one coming in from Doug Durda. Woohoo! Barbecue night is here. Uh, that's right, Doug. Very, very happy to have you aboard. And then here's one from Tammy and Brian. What up, stud? Brian Guerrero. Barbecue 22. Thanks for joining in on the show tonight, Brian Guerrero, if that's your real name. You can take fun and part or just part in the Facebook stroll there. If you uh, make at least a four or five word post on Facebook, that will make it through the original screen. Then I have some folks in the background that are kicking over stuff for me to see. Should it should they feel it makes the cut? I do have screeners, so you just can't throw up anything there. This will be especially potentially useful if you have questions for my guests or uh, like in the second hour for Travis Clark or maybe for Ray Lampy as you start to hear what we're talking about this evening, all the good stuff. Central Lights, first and foremost, let me say this. We've made it into a brand new year of 2018. Happy New Year. We have done it yet again. However, let me officially announce that although we are 1-2-18, 2018 rapidly coming to a close. I said it already. Rapidly coming to a close. I do want to thank Steve Pulwecki for sharing a barbecue lunch with me this past Friday, heading into the New Year's and New Year's Eve weekend. Of course... Since I was at the day job, we had to hit up Barabaku Smokehouse in Parma, Ohio. It's one of my favorite barbecue places in Cleveland. Of course, that would be one of three barbecue places in Cleveland. Barabaku probably ranking at the top overall. The other two places certainly have their niche, no doubt about it. Big fans of both, but if we're talking overall, I have to start putting together the Cleveland barbecue list. Lest anyone think that Cleveland has not yet become a barbecue destination, you are wrong. You're wrong. It is a barbecue destination. We have three legitimate joints going on. More deciding and trying to add their list or names to the list. Most not doing very well at that. Nevertheless, I need to put together a rating system. So if you come by and I'm not able to hang out with you like I was with Steve, you can hit the website, get some really good firsthand knowledge from me, probably Doug Tratner as well, so you can decide for yourself what to do. However, Kevin reached out to me a few weeks ago, said, hey, I'm going to be in Cleveland visiting a friend, going to be on that side of town, would love to meet up with you if you have time. Luckily for Kevin, he caught me at a great time frame heading into the new year. Not a lot of sales stuff going on. Plus, we're totally getting bought. Well, today was the first day of new ownership taking over what was Allstate Peterbilt. Now it is Northern Ohio Peterbilt. 
So I didn't really have a tremendous amount going on this past Friday. So we had lunch at Barbecue Smokehouse and Steve Gift or Steve uh, Kevin. Sorry. Well, now, now I'm all flutter. Hold on. Did I say Steve? It's Kevin Pulwek. What am I saying Steve for? I'm catching myself. Anyway, Kevin and I met up at Barabaku Smokehouse, and Kevin gifted me Toledo's very own Tony Pacos pickles and peppers and Hungarian hot dogs and uh, the uh, the hot dog uh, chili top, but it's not like a Skyline chili. Haven't had it yet, but that's going to probably happen this weekend. Got a whole bunch of good stuff. Got a chipotle sauce. Very, very happy. An extra spicy barbecue sauce. I don't remember the name of that right off the top of my head, but I'm just happy to hang out with a listener. So, yes, you know, I will come and hang out. If you're going to be around and I have the time, which now we're leading into some busy times with volleyball and all that stuff, but it's only going to be happening over three or four-month time frame. If you're going to be in town, hit me up, man. I mean, I will hang out. I'm happy to do it. I'm eager to do it, believe it or not. So, Kevin, thanks for hanging out. Enjoyed meeting you in person. And once again, I am not a big shot. I do that. And if you don't think that's the case, catch me outside. How about that? Catch me outside. How about that? Right. Catch me outside. How about that? Catch me outside. How about that? How did I miss that last year? Catch me outside. How about that? I don't know. How about it? Let's hit Facebook again. Travis Ferguson, Greg, you ever going to come to the Pacific Northwest? Maybe for a Pacific Northwest event. Travis, great question. The odds of me making it to the Pacific Northwest, let me calculate, about zero. I said about zero, not totally zero, but about zero, uh, mostly because... uh, I mean, I I would go out there if business is to be had. Going out on my own accord, I mean, that's really far for me to go. It's far for me to go to, like, Indy. That's far. So Pacific Northwest is quite a reach. Although, depending on where in the Pacific Northwest, my sister lives out in uh, Washington State, I think, where they smoke uh, legal weed. By the way, congratulations to California. You can now recreationally smoke weed if you're into that. Good for you. All right, Ray Lampy coming up out of the break. Let me talk to you quickly about Big Papa Smokers, the one-stop online shop for all things barbecue. Their curated selection of only the best outdoor cooking and grilling supplies will get you on the path to better barbecue results in no time. Everything at BigPapaSmokers.com has been Pitmaster approved by Sterling, Big Papa Ball himself, from award-winning rubs and sauces to American-made grills and smokers. Big Papa Smokers has everything you need to be a better outdoor cook. They also have championship rubs and seasonings. Popular flavors like Sweet Money, Cattle Prod, Cash Cow are proven winners on the competition barbecue circuit and in the backyard. I should know. I use them in my backyard. Big Papa Smokers offers 13 perfectly balanced flavors that will transform ordinary meals into extraordinary. If you're also looking to approve your competition barbecue recipe, you know you can hook up with Simply Marvelous Barbecue as well. They are the West Coast offense together. Big Papa Smokers, also the proud owner of award-winning Granny's Barbecue Sauce. Looking for a new go-to barbecue sauce that will please everyone? 
Grainy's traditional yet powerful flavors remind us why we fell in love with barbecue in the first place. Find Granny's Barbecue Sauce and other top-rated sauces at BigPapaSmokers.com. And aside from their premium selection of rubs and sauces, Big Papa Smokers offers the very best pellet, charcoal, and wood cookers available today. Are you looking for a versatile smoker that's easy to use? Check out the Mac 2 Star General Pellet Grill. Big Papa Smokers, the exclusive Mac dealer, even offers special packages. If you're not a pellet smoker fan, try the Old Hickory Ace BP, the only charcoal cooker that Sterling Ball trusts on his competition trailer. And if you're a backyard barbecue enthusiast like me, looking for a durable and versatile grill that lasts forever, the M Grill from Texas is just what you need. They'll actually be on the show here probably in a couple weeks. If you're not sure what grill you need, you can't go wrong with any of the grills and smokers featured at BigPapaSmokers.com. They have something for every kind of backyard cook and budget. It's clear that Big Papa Smokers is the place to go for all things barbecue. Every product featured on their website, hand-selected to help you barbecue better. Try the phone at 877-828-0727 or hit the website BigPapaSmokers.com. That's B-I-G-P-O-P-P-A Smokers.com. All right, we will gear up for Ray Lampy Dr. Barbecue. Very excited for that. So stick around. We will be right back. Casting live from the Barbecue Central Show Studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rempe. All right, welcome. This portion of the show is being brought to you by Butcher's Barbecue, makers of award-winning injections, marinades, rubs, seasonings, barbecue sauce, and grilling oils. Yes. All the Butcher's Barbecue products tested on the competition circuit as well as in the backyard worldwide. Be the pitmaster of your neighborhood and visit ButcherBBQ.com right now to stock up. And as always, trust your butcher. All right, a brand new year brings a brand new theme. Well, not brand new, but this theme. If you got questions about barbecue or grilling, maybe as a hobby or even a business, looking to get an expert's point of view, why not ask Dr. Barbecue? You can submit your questions by clicking on the Ask Dr. Barbecue tab on the website. The doctor is in. Here's Ray Lampy with his nurse, Greg Rempe. Dr. Barbecue. All right, that's Ray Lampy, of course. Ray, how are you, buddy? Hi, Greg. Didn't you say Meathead was going to be on now? Meathead? I don't think so. Did I say oh, Meathead? Good. Did I say Meathead? Sorry. I thought you did, yes. I don't think so. I thought I said... I'm not th- Meathead. I th- I'm much better looking. Oh, clearly. I mean, there is hardly even competition when it comes to looks between you guys. I mean, one is like a supermodel, the other's Meathead. All right, Ray, uh, first and foremost, Happy New Year to you, my friend. Hopefully you uh, didn't get out of control on your New Year's Eve bender. No, I fell asleep about 11.55. I didn't have one drink. I, I uh, was watching Mariah Carey, and I couldn't take it anymore. I fell asleep. Uh, right, right. Let's talk nah, about man, that. I, I Let's talk about anymore. that just for one second since you brought it up. I mean, last year was one of the most colossal flops on a national and worldwide event I have ever seen transpire. This year, compared to last year, I mean, she kind of killed it, right? 
I guess it's not my thing. I'm not a huge fan. <laughs> but, uh, and did you see her when she deep it out though and said, well, I guess I won't have tea. I'll be like all the regular people. Yeah. Usually like when I'm like hosting barbecue events, I'm like, I heard there would be warm barbecue sauce, but I guess I'll just tough it out like the rest of you schmucks. And then I continue on and collect all my fat cash. Uh, best Christmas gift that you got this year, Ray, this past year. Oh man, I've just gotten to be the old guy that just gets, I get uh, gift cards. There's a pile of them here. Everybody just gives me like a Starbucks gift card. Uh, although Sandy did buy a, we just bought like a present for the house. We got a heater for the pool. So that was kind of nice. We were swimming New Year's Day. Do you, uh, do a lot of people around your neck of the woods have that uh, panel system that goes on the roof and it heats by the sun and then gets dumped out in the pool? I think my parents got something like that. And no, it doesn't seem to be real popular. You got to put it up on the roof. I, that doesn't seem very popular. Um, so I think most people get the electric ones like we have or don't have it. I mean, they're just, I, we haven't had one before because they're really expensive to run. So, And that's what everybody warns you about. So people don't buy them because they don't want to run them. Right. And that's why they buy the roof thing. But but I, my, I've heard that those things will tear your roof up. So that's why we didn't want that. Yeah, don't, don't want to do that. You have hurricanes that can do that all on their own. No reason to <laughs> add extra help there. Uh, all right, Ray, uh, restaurant update, best that you can if there is any update. I know we had seen a Facebook post a little bit ago about you kind of touring the grounds as it were the, the structure itself already existing but geez very big and very impressive i think before it's even a barbecue restaurant well yeah that's kind of why i did that I, I mean i haven't been over there that much it's just we've been waiting for permits literally for months and so finally we've got the permits and we're going forward and i happen to be over there so i thought i would do that to show it to people because frankly i get tired of explaining to people that the restaurant's not ready because we've been, I mean, my God, man, it's got to be a year and a half at least we've been talking about it <laughs> or longer, probably two years. It's, it's, But it's just how it is. It's a huge project. It was it used to be an office building. They've gutted it. Uh, they've trenched out all the floor like that. Unfortunately, you know, now we've got delayed probably another two weeks because of Christmas because when I did that, it was probably the 20th. And they, they were done with everything in those trenches. They need to be filled in. First, it needs to be inspected and then filled in. And the guy that day said to us, he goes, I got to be honest, it probably won't happen over Christmas holiday. So there's another two-week delay. You know, hopefully, it happens today or tomorrow, and then we go on. Um, but, you know, that was an 800-amp 800, 800 panel in there. Wow. So once they put the panel in, they <laughs> put in 800 amps worth of electric. I mean, think about it. This is a huge build-out. So it's going along now. It's on schedule if there is such a thing, uh, you know. So hopefully four months, but it's a, just a wild guess at this point. All right, so maybe right. late oh, spring it's, it's could be. Good. I mean, if late... you saw it, it's a huge place. It's going to be cool. Oh, yeah, no doubt about it. So is it going to be two levels? Yeah, well, half of the building will be two levels, and, and the other half will just be a big high ceiling with two giant big-ass fans up there. And then outdoors on that one side will also be two levels. Um, they're the the owners, Roger and Suzanne, their primary restaurant, it just happened to be like that. And it's just kind of cool, that balcony with the big high ceiling on the other side. They really like that. So we had the opportunity to do the same thing here, so we're doing it. Now, we could have easily taken a pass on the gigantic 1,000-foot balcony out on the side and 1,000 feet underneath, but it was just a too good of an opportunity to do it Uh and people like to sit outside. Even, you know, we're always surprised. Personally, I never sit outside unless it's perfect weather. But people sit outside all summer and think nothing of it. So, you know, that was a nice add-on. But my gosh, man, it's a huge restaurant. Ray, do you have a gauge? I'm sure you do, or at least uh, the, the other side of the ownership does, as far as percentage of tourists 
It would. I mean, it would make sense to me. The people eating outside probably aren't the locals. They're the people that are visiting or in for business. Or what I mean, because you're in a great area as well. Yeah, you'd be surprised. Uh, Floridians sit outside a lot of them in the summer. I, I don't understand it. They'll get them misters sometimes, but I see people actively sitting outside all the time when it's really miserable hot outside. Um, as far as the overall makeup of our guests, I, I think we're going to see people from all over the world, honestly, um, because when we're an hour, hour and a half from Orlando. And I, and I mean, I get calls a lot from people that are in Orlando looking for somewhere to go eat barbecue. Where's the great barbecue? And they're more than happy. You know, if you're on vacation, you take that hour and a half ride to go to a town you hadn't seen before. You heard was cool. And uh, I think we're going to see people from all over the world. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Ray Lampy joining me here on the show as he does the first Tuesday of every month, and it's the first time here in 2018. Ray, let's take a gander back at the calendar year of 2017, and we always like to look at lists and trends and all this stuff. So as you look back on the past year, what do you think were some of the a, biggest trends that maybe you didn't see coming or you kind of heard about and they really took off? And then on the other side of the coin, biggest flops or fizzles out of 2017? Yeah, we talked about this today, so I actually was thinking about it, and I wrote a couple things down. Um, one of the things that really, I think, became a thing this year, maybe it's just me, but I, I don't get around to a lot of competitions. I went up there at one in Green Bay, and it was so imposing, the the equipment. Uh, you know, I, I was talking to somebody, and I was saying, I asked Eddie the other day, and I was saying, you know, I don't know how you could go to a cook-off now and look at it and not think, I, I need $100,000 to, to be a legitimate participant. I mean, everybody you see has a big trailer uh, with a big jambo on it and a big truck to pull it at the very least, and, and some of the motorhomes and stuff. And, and that was really, uh, to me, that has really completely turned the corner to when you go to a cook-off, that's what you see. I'm sure there's places around the country where it isn't quite that bad, but it was really intimidating to me. And, and I think that might be one of the reasons we were talking about it, like the steak cook-off thing is becoming such a big deal, and I think we'll see more of that kind of stuff. Because it's just, I, you know, I don't know how you could walk through there and look at that and, not, and think, well, I'll just get a pop-up and a couple of Webers. And it's so intimidating. I just think it's really come and turn that corner. Um, now, regarding cooking, a couple things that really came to mind uh, is the, the reverse sear thing. Man, that is a... You know, everybody's reverse searing everything. Uh, I, I don't know. I'm not necessarily a big fan of it. I know how to cook. And if I have a big fat steak, I know how to cook it properly. And I just, you know, so I, I haven't even really messed with it. I know a lot of good cooks really swear by it and think it's a great thing. I just, I'm just old school and I just haven't bothered to try it. Um, but boy, it sure has become a, a big deal and, and actively. But I also think it's one of them things, it's just dudes cooking and they like to make it a sign of a kind of an engineering project as opposed to, I, you know, I put it on the grill and I cook it and I feel it. And if it's a big fat steak, I know that I need to move it over to the cooler spot and I feel it and I maybe use my temperature, my thermopen, as opposed to this whole engineering project of the reverse sear and i think dudes like that a lot right. but you see some beautiful beautifully cooked meat because could I, of it could i make the argument that we are now in i don't know if it's a generation a time frame where whether it's dudes or chicks or dudes dating dudes or chicks dating chicks or your normal dating people of dating people that people have more of a refined interest in doing all sorts of different culinary stuff 
So they are sous videing and they are, I guess, wanting to know more and more where their meat and pork and chicken is coming yeah. from and all this other stuff. So that's just kind of an extension of, of what you're talking about. They do want to learn to reverse sear and they do want to do this and that. And it can seem snobby or hipsterish, I guess, to a certain degree, but it's kind of the culture that we might be living in. Yeah, oh yeah, I think you're right. Well, I mean, I think the goal is to cook a perfect, and so what's wrong with that? You know, what what is if that works for you and you get your steak cooked perfect every time, then I, I'm not against it at all. It's just not my thing. I just don't. I guess I, I shouldn't say that. I should say I just haven't gotten around to it. Honestly, I I know how to cook a steak, and I just when everybody else is already doing something. I don't. I consider it my job to kind of think of new stuff, and and you know when you're writing a cookbook, you're 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 doing you're trying to create things as opposed to doing the same things everybody else is doing. That's why I was never a big fan of a time buffalo turds kind of already had been done. Uh, it's funny you mentioned sous vide. That's on my other side of the list of what I think is happening for 2018. Sous vide, I think a whole lot of guys got one for Christmas. You know, I, I resisted. I almost bought one, and I resisted the urge, but. It's sort of the same as the sous vide because you're going to get perfectly cooked meat. Uh, you're actually, though, you might see me in an, an upcoming infomercial for a sous vide machine. I, really? I just, they shoot a lot of them here in town in St. Pete and in Clearwater. And uh, they were shooting this one with Mark Gill. I don't know if you know Mark Gill is the, the big, burly, bald guy that's in all those infomercials. And he's showing you how to use the sous vide. And, and then they're... They tell you you're not a sear it. You can use a cast iron, you can use a broiler, you could use a gas grill, or you could use a big green egg. So they have me come out with a big green egg and cook this chop that they had in the sous vide thing. So I'm not against that either. I just it's just not my thing. I don't know. I just I'm a barbecue guy. I like to cook over the fire. That's what I do. Um, I'll probably buy one of those one of these days. And again, if people are getting their meat cooked perfectly because of it, man, what's wrong with that? Uh. Right. So am I correct in assuming that you think that sous vide is going to be on the uptick then for 2018 if we're kind of yeah. jumping back and forth? Yeah, that's yeah, that's what I was talking about. That was because it's very similar to the reverse sear. That's what made me think about it that way. Uh, yeah, I think the sous vide is I think everybody will have one in their kitchen. Uh, when I did that infomercial, the way they were presenting it was it makes your life easy. You just throw those big fat pork chops in there and forget about it. And when it's time to cook dinner, it's like for the busy housewife almost. It's You take them out of there, you throw them on the grill for, for five minutes, and they're ready to go. So it's like a water crock pot, basically. Uh, it sort of is, yeah. I think, well, it's that Instapot thing, I think, uh, can be used for sous vide, and it's basically a crock pot full of water. Meathead has Dovin headlong into this whole sous vide thing. Uh, you know, last year in 2017, there was a prediction that sous vide was really going to take off. And I think last year it saw a cataclysmic rise. Likewise, I think it saw quite the uh, decline by the end of this past year where it was more put into this niche, I guess, if you want to say, at least in my opinion. To, you know, the guys that are over at Meathead's website are taking pork butts and whole briskets and putting them in these huge tubs, hanging that Anova or you know whatever that sous vide thing is to get their tub of water to 130 degrees and putting them in sous vide baths for 48 and 72 hours. And then, well, first they, they're pre-smoking for three or four hours. Now they're, then they're going into the soak for 72 hours. Then they're taking them back out, cooling them off, and then putting them back on the smoker for another couple hours or whatever to get it to like 140 degrees internal. And it's like perfect medium rare brisket. It's jiggly. I mean, 
that seems a little too hipterish for me when I know I can put a brisket on the cooker and eight to ten hours later at worst from start to finish be done. I don't have to sous vide it for three days first. Yeah, well, like I said, I think that is uh, it's it's two things. It's the guys, the meathead, and his you know his fans are they want it to be absolutely perfect, um, and you know if that requires all of that, that's fine. But it goes back to what I always say about like guys want to make it an engineering project. How can you tell me what you just described isn't more of an engineering project than cooking? But it, but again, if it comes out. <laughs> that good and they like doing it i also think a lot of guys and and women whoever that work all week and they get to cook one day a week and you know they're not content just cooking something for for 20 minutes and eating it they want to go through multiple processes and they want it to be a big experiment all right right. you want to uh, take some facebook questions that i have popping up here yeah, I didn't see them. Uh, yeah, let's say right, uh, this, uh, this is cold. Coming in here on my uh, Facebook chat thing that I just found. This is one is from Brian Moriarty. He says, will Kamado Joe Lump void a warranty on a big green egg? I'm going to answer no for you, but uh, you're the big green egg expert. Does using a fuel other than big green egg fuel void any warranties? I don't know. Brian's an old friend. I don't know what, what he's... <laughs> What kind of sucker question that is, but uh, you'll if you call Big Green Egg or go to BigGreenEgg.com and find the phone number and call up there, they'll be happy to help you with that. Now, I, the warranties is not my part of the deal. Sean McCulligan says, what is Dr. Barbecue's opinion of propane smokers? Does he feel they impart a smoke flavor well enough? So obviously we know your feelings on a Big Green Egg, of course, but uh, do you have any thoughts on an electric style smoker? Uh, you know, it, well, he's asking about propane. Uh, my personal oh, yeah, idea have zero experience with it, honestly. Um, we bought an old hickory for the restaurant, so I guess I will learn about it there. Um, I think they probably work pretty well. The problem I always have with electric smokers, and I cooked on the cook shacks a lot over the years, they, they don't have a smoke ring. So you can get some really good barbecue coming off an electric smoker. It just doesn't look that good. Now, propane should not have that problem. And if you use the right amount of wood, uh, it probably would work out okay. I just, I honestly, uh, propane smoke. I've had pellet cookers. I've had electric cookers. I've had, I've, I've never just been in much of a gas guy. It just it was never my thing. I had, you know, I had cheap kettles and, and Napoleon had made a nice kettle that I had for a while. And then, of course, I got hooked up with Big Green Egg. So, gas grills are just not my thing. Right. Let me switch gears here just for a second. Let's talk about barbecue cooking classes just for a second. You know, you did these back in the day. You, you uh, shut down the trucking company. You moved to Florida. You become Dr. Barbecue. You're selling and, and vending in parking lots. You're also doing barbecue classes. I believe Rod Gray might have taken your class back in the day, and you've inspired him and uh, to, to grow in barbecue, which you did, of course. Do you think they are more mandatory to take now more than ever? Like, if you decided that 2018 was going to be the year that Dr. Barbecue was going to get back after it as it relates to the competition circuit, Pride and ego aside, would taking a class be the best thing for you to do? I think so. Yeah, I mean, it always was. We used to, we used to claim, you know, it's going to take, uh, you know, years and, and thousands of dollars off your table. You know, that you're going to, you're going to jump ahead by taking this class. And and I still think that's true, especially with the the specific things that the guys do. And I and I do, man. I take them. I mean, I'll tell you, where is it? Right over here, I went to Heath Riles' class last oh, year. Victory Lane, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, I went last year because he was doing one over in Lakeland at Chad's store. Um, so, I, and I, you know, to me, it was just about keeping up with what's going on. Even though I'm not that involved, I am curious. So, yeah, I think the classes are great. The problem is there's so many guys doing them. I wouldn't know which one to take. I get an email once in a while asking me which one to take, and I really don't know. Um, you know, Tuffy over there, I mean, I don't know how you could not have a good time taking Tuffy's class or Myron's. So you might do that. But, you know, there's guys winning more than them out there on the day-to-day circuit. Um, but, yeah, absolutely. I don't think you can go wrong. From a cost perspective, Ray, can a class cost too much? Or from the person giving its perspective, I guess, does a, a professional athlete's salary, free market, like whatever you can get for your class, you should get, and that's that? Well, if they're, if they're filling these classes up, I guess, you know, it's supply and demand. So I guess if enough people are signing up, the prices are right. Seems high to me, a lot of them. Uh, Heats was actually, I think, only like 300 bucks, which is pretty cheap in that world these days. Um, but, you know, I, I'm certainly not against charging more money if you can get away with it. The only thing I would say to that is uh, it seems to me a lot of these guys, a lot of what they do is overlapping this isn't, you know what I mean? It's 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 not I, you know, it's I use this rub instead of the other one that that guy uses. That the the processes and the techniques seem to be pretty similar. So, uh, but whatever, you know, I, I guess it's all good if you're if you're looking to learn and get involved. If you spend a thousand bucks, seems like a lot of money to me. But you know how much it costs to do a contest or two to, you know, to learn that stuff. You're gonna get. You know, you you see a lot of this info on the internet too, but the the going to class brings it all together within the course of a day, and and I think it's probably well spent. Ray Lampy is found here once a month, the first Tuesday of the month. Ask Doctor Barbecue is the name of the segment, and 2018, the year of the sous vide cooker, according to Ray Lampy. So we'll mark it down and see what happens in December. Of course, we'll uh, recap then. Ray, always appreciate the time. Once again, Happy New Year, and I look forward to a great year with you again, my friend. Thanks, Greg. Talk to you soon. Have you got fun. it. There he is, Ray Lampy, yeah, Dr. Barbecue. Wow, and we did it this time with, like, uh, no issues. I, I knew one of these days we'd pull it off, without a doubt. Ted Conrad coming up from Fireboard right after this. I'll talk to you quickly about the barbecue guru. Folks, turning the heat up on your barbecue skills this summer... Winter, fall, this year. How about that? You're going to need to get your hands on the most advanced ceramic cooker and high-tech barbecue accessory to hit the market. I'm talking about the all-new Monolith Barbecue Edition and the CyberQ Cloud Controller. That's right. They launched them last year. The world's first temperature-controlled ceramic cooker and grill with a built-in power draft fan. It's going to give you the easiest and most successful barbecue experience. These must-have new products will make barbecuing easier than ever before. Your new secret weapon for cooking delicious barbecue each and every time. Yeah. Ready to buy? Sure. Head on over to bbqguru.com and grab them up while they last. If you have any questions about what to order, please call them. Don't guess. Don't make a mistake. Send it all back. They want to answer your questions. 800-288-GURU. That's 800-288-GURU. Or you can visit the website bbqguru.com. The Barbecue Guru continues to be a breakthrough in barbecue technology. All right. Thanks again to Ray Lampy for joining me last segment. I'm going to ditch that. We look to be okay on the Facebook answers, and we're back with Fireboard right after this. Stick around. We'll be right back.
get on the air. Call 216-220-0966. Now, let's get back to the LeBron James and Barbecue Talk. Craig Rampey. All right, welcome back. This portion of the show being brought to you by Smithfield. Champion Pitmasters are winning with Smithfield. You can, too, commit to cooking with the Smithfield 2018 Committed Cooks program this season. And you get swag just for participating, only a few requirements. Pay a small shipping fee of 25 bucks and be a member of the sport's major sanctioning bodies. Be sure to go back and track first-place finishes and pork and ribs to win great prizes through the Walker with Smithfield Incentive Program. I hope to have more information on that shortly. Other than that, you can use the hashtag show us your Smithfield on Facebook and Instagram to pump up yourself with Smithfield products. Again, that's hashtag show us your Smithfield. All right. My next guest tonight, really making a mark in the smart slash connected wireless thermometer market. The first time we had him on, they were ending a pretty successful Kickstarter campaign. Fast forward to 2017. The innovation still coming along with business stability here to catch up on the product and the company is the founder of Fireboard Labs, the company that makes the Fireboard. Ted Conrad joining me here on the show. Ted, how are you, buddy? Hey, Greg. Great. Thanks for having us on. Appreciate it. Absolutely. My pleasure and appreciate you making time. Uh, Ted, first and foremost, obviously, Happy New Year to you. And uh, I have some exciting news for the Centralites. 2018 marks the beginning of a new sponsor of the show, that being great folks at Fireboard. So first, thanks so much for believing in the show and kind of getting what I'm doing here. It's not for everybody, of course. Uh, That really means a lot to me personally. And uh, I just got to say, I'm very excited to have you guys on board with the show. Yeah, well, we really appreciate the uh, invitation, and uh, you know, wonderful to be a sponsor. You, know, you guys have been with us uh, really from the beginning. So we, as you mentioned, we started out with Kickstarter, and that was the end of 2016. Wow! And so here we are, man. 2017 just flew by, <laughs> and we've just been cranking away and cranking away, and. Uh, so it's been exciting, and I'm happy to give you some details. It's kind of what we've been up to, but no, this is this is great. So we're happy to be a sponsor. Uh, Ted, before we get to what's happening present day for the folks that just might be tuning in for the first time or haven't kind of gone through all the archives that I have to hear our first interview, can you give me that short backstory of why you felt Fireboard needed to be a thing and the gaps that it was filling? Yeah. So if we rewind really back to 2014, you know, there's some wireless thermometers and um, multi-channel thermometers, but really nothing that was just turn it on. It just connected to your phone, super simple to use. It felt like everything was just real complicated. And, you know, I got into barbecue, but I've always been really a, a kind of a technology guy. And so I thought, good grief, why is there not something like this where you can just take it out, hook it up to your phone, you know, nice wireless graphing, all the nice apps. So long story short, we decided to build it and felt like, gosh, the industry really needed it, felt like it was a nice solution, um, couldn't find anything like it. So that's, that's kind of where we started. And from there, I mean, we've had so much great input, especially over the last you know, six, seven months where things have really picked up speed. You know, I mean, people are letting us know, hey, let's let's do this feature. Hey, could you guys do that? So now it's just, man, just kind of turn and burn and try to 
crank out more features as fast as we can. Ted Conrad joining me here on the show from Fireboard. Uh, can we talk a little bit about the Fireboard itself and how it actually works and what it's doing? Sure. Yeah, I mean, the quick story, uh, we really like to call it a cloud-connected thermometer. I mean, it's, it's Bluetooth and it's wireless. So the really neat thing about Fireboard, when you take it out of the box and it just connects to your phone almost immediately over Bluetooth, and the advantage to that, I mean, you can be anywhere. You know, maybe maybe you don't have wireless. We've got a lot of guys using it out on the competition scene. So, I mean, you're out at the park. You know, you're out at some venue, and there's no wireless access. So, this it works great over Bluetooth. Um, but then you can connect it to your, your home Wi-Fi, wherever you are, and then it becomes a cloud-connected thermometer. So, you can check this literally from anywhere. I mean, we've got guys, fun stories um, some probably you know neat stories with you know people at their lake house. They're out fishing on the lake and they're able to watch it on their phone. I mean, it's pretty neat what you can do as long as you've got data, you know, on your cell phone. Then you can you can monitor your temperatures from there. So that's that's really what it is in a nutshell. I mean, we've obviously alerts. You know, it's a six channel deal, so you've got tons of options for monitoring. Um, you know, we're, we're voice controls. So we've got Amazon Alexa and Google Home. So that's kind of neat. Uh, people have really loved that feature. You can ask, you know, what the temperature is. You can ask how long you've been cooking. We're adding more features for the voice stuff as well. Um, and then something we can talk about later, but we've just added recently a uh, new control. So you can actually hook up a fan and just control your, you know, traditional charcoal wood stick burners and just lock in a nice steady temperature that way. So that was going to be my uh, kind of point of clarification here. With all the stuff that this thing can do and all the things you can plug into it and all the information you can get, uh, and now it sounds like you can actually turn this into a pit temperature control device to some type of degree here sooner than later. Yeah. Well, we've got it. So believe it or not, I mean, every fireboard that we've sold um, has an auxiliary port, and we design it just for that reason. And it's a just a firmware upgrade, and literally you can buy the control cable, plug it right in, and you've got a, a really nice solution for driving a fan. And, it, I mean, it works great. I mean, it's just really steady. Um, plug that thing in, and then the nice thing is, it's again, it's cloud connected. So you mean you're on your phone, and maybe you realize, hey, look, stuff isn't moving along like I want it to. I want to bump it up from 225 to 250. I mean, it's just as easy as pulling out your phone. So it's all integrated with our app, and uh, works really well. All right, Ted. So let me dig in a little bit more because I do have a 36 inch. Um Lang offset, uh, courtesy of Ben Lang. So traditionally, you see pit temperature control devices on cabinet-style smokers, on bullet-style smokers, not necessarily on offset cookers because you have a live fire burning into that firebox, obviously, that's feeding heat and smoke into the main cooking chamber. So how would you install, if I had the fireboard and I was wanted to use it as a pit temperature control device on the Lang, how would I install it on my... Uh, pinwheel dampers on the firebox yeah well it, you know and we we tell people there is a little bit more art than science here i mean <laughs> you you know, it, it, luckily 
you know, the barbecue crowd, I mean, we're all, we're all really creative, right? I mean, people like to build things. People like to modify things. People like to play with things. <laughs> so it's, it's, uh, it's kind of room there for, for people, I think, to experiment. And you kind of have to figure out what, what fan. I mean, there's tons of fans out there, by the way. I mean, our, our drive solution will drive most 12-volt fans. So, you know, people may find one that works well for them. People may. We actually had a guy, believe it or not, he bought a, a really large fan, um, and he's got an offset smoker, but he rigged it up, and it works great. Um, and there are some adapters. So you can visit fireboard.com, um, and there's support up there on our website, and we kind of have links to different adapters. Uh, but, you know, there's adapters for ball valves to then you get, you know, you can move up or move down in pipe size. Um, there's different, of course, a lot of guys with a green egg or, you know, a Primo. I mean, you can easily have adapters that enlarge that fitting for the vent. So there's, there's, you know, there's tons of ways to make it work. You just kind of have to get creative with how that fits in there. So as that fan is doing its thing, keeping the coal stoke and that temperature kind of in that sweet spot, are you also then getting that graft through the fireboard parameters and, and printouts and all that stuff aside from the various internal temperatures? Oh yeah. Yep. It's great because our app now you have another tab on the app where you can see in addition to all the, the, the same temperature monitoring stuff we've always had. Now there's an additional section where you can see the fan speed. And of course that's over your entire session. So, I mean, you can see over time where the fan slowly kind of ramped up you can even start to get a feel for, you know, when you're kind of running low on fuel, you know, if the fan starts kicking up there. So you can see that whole graph. You can see your set point. Um, and you can use any of the six channels. You can assign any of those six channels to be your control temperature um, or your control channel. And that basically uses that channel and it tries to use that temperature and maintain that nice, steady, even temperature right there on that channel. Ted Conrad joining me here on the show. We're talking about the Fireboard, some uh, latest and greatest things that they've done with this. A little bit of research, and you had just talked about it, shows that the Fireboard does have that Alexa and Google Home compatibility. How have you developed those skills for each platform? Like, how easy of a task is that? Or not? Well, you know, <laughs> it's, it's, it's actually not, it's not too hard. You know, we, we have a standard API, and a lot of the technology guys that are listening, you know, there's APIs for everything. You know, they've got APIs for your mail. They've got APIs for your, you know, they probably have an API for your garage door opener now that's cloud connected, you know. So we've we've used that same API uh, uh, paradigm. And Alexa and Google Home effectively use that API paradigm as well. So to integrate those, those voice controls, it's really just a matter of hooking up all the APIs. Um, so it's not it's not too hard, and in fact, we're going to be adding even more features as we go. Um, we're going to add features, for example, to control the, the the set point. So if you want to move it up to two fifty, you know, or down to two twenty five, I mean, that's just simple voice command. Mm. Um, so there's yeah, there's setting alerts, you know, via voice. So there's tons of stuff you can do, and we've actually been pleasantly surprised. I mean, there's a lot of people that love to use that. So that's that's been a lot of fun. Yeah, we just got a whole bunch of uh, different Alexa versions. We got Dots, we got Echoes, and all that stuff. And it really tried to make the house 
and smart intercom, smart uh, lights, and all this other. So this absolutely makes sense as far as using a fireboard uh, through one of those smart techniques. From a cost perspective, Ted, how much is the fireboard right now? Yep. So our main kit is one eighty nine, and that comes with two food probes, one ambient probe, which which gets you up and going. I mean that's plenty and more than enough to kind of for anybody to get started. Um, we sell an extreme kit that is the same fireboard monitor, but it has six food probes and two ambient probes. Oh, wow. So it basically just gives you options. I mean, you get, you know, you could load out all six channels with food probes if you wanted to. And by the way, I mean, we've got guys, we've got a lot of guys that are, you know, doing catering on the side, you know, they're, they're doing, you know, six, eight, 12 pork butts at once. I mean, they've got these huge weddings, you know, so they love the fact, and we've got guys that'll buy two fireboards and they'll monitor, you know, 12 butts all at the same time, you know, wow. so they, they love the fact that you've got all these channels and that you can keep an eye on all this stuff. Um, so it's, yeah, 189 and then 249 for the extreme kit. Um, the drive cable, which plugs in is an additional $89. But again, that that plugs in just to the existing fireboard, and then you can use any fan. We we sell a fan, but there's you, know, you can use any fan uh, that basically runs uh, 12 volt power. Ted, are there any new products that are in the works right now that you can let us know about? Yeah, you know, we've got some really some fun stuff coming in 2018. Um, most of which I can't say a whole lot about yet. <laughs> Um, but just, you know, stay tuned. We'll certainly, you know, stay tuned with you, you know, Greg, and we'd love to, to be a part of announcing things as we go, but you know, there's, there's just so much out there, you know, technology is continuing just to get better and better. Um, and you can do more even, even at a lower price point. So we hope just to, I mean, our, our main goal as a company is we just, we just want to build products that help solve simple solutions for people. Um, you know, do it at a reasonable price point, you know, and, it, and provide some really fun solutions. So we're going to, we're going to keep on pushing and keep on, uh, innovating. And, you know, I mean, people are welcome to reach us, you know, we're, uh, info at fireboard.com. I mean, for anybody that wants to reach out, um, we're always just a quick uh, email away. Ted Conrad from Fireboard joining me here on the show. Uh, newest sponsor of the show, which we certainly appreciate, Ted. Really appreciate the time tonight, and uh, can't wait to do it again soon. Hey, Greg, thank you so much. It's been a blast, and uh, appreciate it and love the show. All right, thanks so much. There he is, Ted Conrad. Right there talking about the Fireboard, and I know, uh, let me pull this one up. Here he is, Ted Braid, Tim Braden Jr., Great product by a great bunch of guys. Thanks again, Ted and the Barbecue Central Show for the fireboard that I won. Yeah, Ted. Way to go, Tim. You won it. Got some uh, tips and questions coming in through the Facebook as well. Cook Shack, I will talk to you about right now. They manufacture smoker ovens for barbecue lovers with any amount of cooking experience, whether you barbecue in the backyard in the competition circuit, or in a five-star dining facility. Cook Shack has the unit that will do the job, and with a full line of barbecue sauces, spices, pellets, and wood chunks, it's the perfect one-stop shop. Cook Shack strives to be your barbecue resource center by offering cooking classes, online recipes, how-to videos, two blogs, smoke and grilling 101s, and a video cooking classroom. 
Check out their website, cookshack.com, or follow them on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Pinterest, and Google+. Get advice and share your passion for barbecue on their world-class barbecue forum. They still have one of those. Cookshack pellet-fired smokers, the choice of champions because they were designed by a champion, Ed Fast, Eddie Morin. The FEC 100, PG 1000, customer favorites. The PG 1000 can actually double as a smoker and a grill. Low and slow, hot and fast. The pellet grill line gives you the most for your money. Cookshack residential electric smokers are the number one smoker in the industry. High quality means high durability and versatility. Anything you can cook in your oven, you can make in a Cookshack. Passion and dedication drives Cookshack's manufacturing with quality always being at the forefront. Get the best in barbecue since 1962. Call 800 423 0698. That's 800 423 0698. Or visit the website at cookshack.com. All right, when we come back, we'll uh, hit up some Facebook stuff, look at some YouTube stuff, and answer any and all questions before we move to the second hour. You're listening and watching the Barbecue Central show right here on the Barbecue Central Network. Stick around, be right back. interviews, advice on cooking brisket and ribs, and the only host willing to share his honest opinion on all things important in the world of barbecue, it's the Barbecue Central Show. All right, thanks again to Ted Conrad from Fireboard, newest sponsor of the show. I had like three or four questions up there on the uh, the Facebook behind-the-scenes chat that totally went away. What the hell? John Dawson weighing in on the YouTube chat. Greg needs to pick one platform. No, I don't. I can go to any and all platforms. The more, the better. Some people like YouTube. Some people like Facebook. Some people just like to listen to the live audio stream. Why not? Tyler Richards weighing in. Well, I'm excited to be able to catch it live. Love the podcast, Backyard Grinder. Learning a lot from the pros that you interview, Greg. Tyler, thank you for tuning in live this evening. Have you made a New Year's resolution to watch the show live? Does anybody do New Year's resolutions? Here we go. Here we go. That's a question for everybody listening and watching. Go ahead and post it on Facebook or on YouTube. What's your New Year's resolution? Email it to me. I'll read it. You know I will. Getting some questions about what's the e uh, what's the uh, website for Fireboard? Uh, do a quick Google search. Fireboard.com. You can you can do it. I know you can. John Dawson once inter uh, once introduced me to a great website called Google. I use it now almost every single day to find stuff out. I'm not even kidding. It's the best. Oh dear. Just getting word that uh, Doug Shiding is feeling under the weather. Oh dear. Anybody have a score on the Cavs game? 
Isaiah Thomas' first return play this evening. Shot right out of the gate with like five points before I had to come downstairs and get on the air. I'm hoping that by this time next week, we will also be able to introduce yet a brand, another brand new sponsor. Could be in a fairly large fashion. A name you've heard of. A name you would be very familiar with, I would say. Again, for the newest sponsor of the show that we just interviewed, Ted Conrad and the folks over at Fireboard, fireboard.com is to is the uh, web address, fireboard.com. Uh, you can also call 816-945-2232 if you have questions. I'm sure a lot of you uh, that have the Fireboard and might be thinking about some type of a fan device, just got your interest peaked, P-I-Q-U-E-D. John Dawson weighing in. New Year's resolution. Ditch chat. Go back to simple radio. Get out of here. Do it. Just listen, baby. That's all I care about. Remember, the smallest portions of this vast audience tune in live for whatever reason. They don't want to see the potential train wreck that could happen right before their very eyes. They'd rather potentially hear it on a Wednesday, Thursday, or Friday, or whatever, but that's why I constantly say I love the live show audience the best and most, the most bestest. And if you don't think that that's true, catch me outside. How about that? Catch me outside. How about that? (laughs) You got to Google that. If you think this one is good, we'll do it live. Which is great, by the way. Do it live. I'll write it and we'll do it live. This one is even better. Oh my god, you gotta check that one out. How did I miss that? I know I said it earlier, but... The whole year of 2017, and I totally missed Catch Me Outside. How about that? Cavs winning uh, or won 127-110. That's good news. Catch Me Outside. How about that? Catch Me Outside. How about that? That's what John Dawson just said as he goes back to Simple Radio. I get it, John. Catch Me Outside. How about that? I know. I think that was a Dr. Phil thing, if I'm not mistaken. I was watching the end of the year coming to a close on one of those handy-dandy shows. That's got to be like the worst, is hosting a New Year's Eve show on television. It's the worst. Unless you're a Howard Stern fan and you were watching Fox, Steve Harvey... I guess was officiating the Maria Menounos wedding to the guy that he was marrying and her now husband started reciting and if you're not a Howard Stern fan and have no history of that show it's not going to mean anything to you. but in his vows started reciting the Gary Love tape my professional life is annoying no 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 but my personal life is like it a two he started reciting that in his vow. That was tremendous. That was the best part of New Year's Eve. All right, we're going to reload for the second hour. Stick around. We will be right back. Hi, this is.
is Scott Grigna from Fairfax, Vermont, also known as Scotty DeQ, and you're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. Happy to have you aboard here for the really big barbecue show. Boing. We cook because we have to, and we grill because we want to. Hit me. Fine. How's it going? You have a great show. I'm a big fan. Boing. So what? What? What seems to be the problem here? This man looks like he's dead, and he's in the in the crackle. Charbono. It's all about the Charbono, dude. Succulent fish. What? He ate two feet for wiener. Oh, listen, Laverne, face. I'm shaking like a dog shit peach seed. <laughs> we have top men working on it right now. <laughs> all right, just like that, we are into the second hour. Here we go. Folks, congratulations. You have somehow found your way into the second hour of the Barbecue Central show. If you're getting this on podcast, I can't congratulate you. You did it on purpose. You've successfully made it into the second hour of the podcast. So congratulations to you. How about that? It's a show that talks about barbecue and grilling. If you didn't know, you can subscribe to the show via any and all podcast platforms. As a matter of fact, if you're watching this show very much right now, oh, is this just going to start? Ah, ah, hold on. Oh, it's somewhere. I know I put it somewhere, right? If you go to my website, here it is. This isn't your traditional computer view. I get it because I'm uh, broadcasting 64 by 360. All you have to do is go to the main website, and then right here at the very top, there's a button that says subscribe, and you click on that, and then you get all of these great directions on how to subscribe to the Barbecue Central Show on Apple Podcast, on the Android. You can even subscribe to this show via email if you want to, so never miss another portion of the show again. Because you can just visit this email. This is what the show right now looks like on uh, YouTube Live, I guess. Let's see. Yeah, look at that. Great. It's showing pictures of me, showing pictures of Facebook. What's better than that? Nothing. Still to come on this show this evening, the 2017 Kansas City Barbecue Society Team of the Year, Pitmaster Travis Clark from the Clark Crew Barbecue Team. Looking forward to catching up with Travis. Once again, if you are watching through Facebook, if you leave me a post in the comments section that is at least four words in length, it's got to be at least four words of length, Then, and it's decent, it will make it into the queue for me to potentially answer. So we have some people working in the background to do that. Lots of email reaction on my ear procedure talk that I gave last week. I'm not going to rehash that, but thanks again to everybody for the well wishes. Hasn't really changed for the better and or worse since last week, but as I had stated also last week that uh, to gauge the hearing improvement, that's going to be a long time. So if I feel like I'm getting really good hearing 
gains, then I'll report that, of course, because that, that, that's going to be very exciting for me. But, you know, if I don't, then, um, you know, the, the as the doctor said, the important part was getting that thing out of your ear that was going to kill you eventually. So I agree. I got this note from Leonard Aberman, fan of the show. A pig roasting on a spit for a traditional New Year's Eve feast sparked a smoky blaze that ripped through a Brooklyn apartment building. The story from the New York Daily News.com. A 26-pound pig roasting on a spit for a traditional New Year's Eve feast sparked a smoky blaze that ripped through a Brooklyn apartment building this past Sunday morning, charring several residents' homes. Carlos David was hoping to ring in the new year with succulent fresh-cooked pork that had been roasting slowly over a fire for hours. Instead, he and his neighbors wound up scrambling out of their Lenox Road home in East Flatbush when the pig, which David decided to cook in his basement instead of outside, caught fire. And a quote, I don't know why he did it, David's son Joshua David told the Daily News. He's done this every year outside, but it's never gotten this bad. Firefighters were called to the six-story building near Rogers Avenue at about 10 a.m. as the fire was tearing its way through the basement and first floor. More than 100 firefighters fought the blaze, which was under control within a half hour. A New York City Fire Department spokesman said, when the fire was put out, the smoking pig carcass skewered on a large metal rod was found on the floor in the burned, smoke-filled basement. Neighbors theorized that the pork lover decided to roast inside. Why? Why did he decide? Because of the bone-chilling temperatures gripping the city as 2017 rapidly came to a close. Right. It was probably warmer by the fire indoors. In a quote, I really want to talk to him and see why the hell what he why the hell he did this today. He messed up, but he's a good guy. No injuries were reported, but a handful of residents had their homes turned into waterlogged smokehouses. Charles Cameron, 74, spent his Sunday afternoon trying to blow the smoke smell out of his apartment. With an industrial fan, his back bedroom was left completely charred. Plywood boards covered the broken windows to keep out the cold. My bedroom was destroyed, said the senior, who's lived in the building for 30 years. I can't sleep there. I'm going to have to sleep in my living room. Folks, here's the deal. No matter what, you cannot have live charcoal fires indoors, whether it's in your basement or not whether it's in the grips of frigid cold temperatures or not. Even if you do it every year, I've cooked a lot of New Year's Day and New Year's Eves outside. Guess what? I wasn't going to be cooking outside this past weekend because it's freaking cold, bro. And no, it doesn't make you more or less of a man if you do or do not cook outside when it's really cold. If I really wanted to make something outdoors, I would have. But that pork belly just wasn't like, you better make me or else. I can make it like in a day or two. I can make it Friday when it's going to be a balmy 32 degrees. <laughs> I mean, just don't spit roast the pig indoors. 
It's beyond. It's it's. Usually, I'm telling you about people in England. By the way, no offense to the people in England. <laughs> about people in England who are bringing their charcoal grills out of their garden areas and they put them in their homes for some reason and burn them for heat. Meanwhile, you're giving yourself carbon monoxide poisoning at an alarming rate. Typically, I'm also reporting that people have died in the house because of it. So don't do that, no matter what. All right, let's go to a Facebook question here or comment. Uh, Lance Owens, love the show. Hope to see you guys promoting something in Hawaii someday. Maybe the Kona Coffee Festival. They have a barbecue contest for the best Kona rubs. Maybe fun. Oh, I not only would it may be fun, I have a feeling it would be large amounts of fun. Except there's probably a greater chance that I end up in the Pacific Northwest than I do Hawaii. That's far. I would love to go, by the way. I always hear about how expensive Hawaii is. Is it, Lance, is it that expensive out there? I think I think it is. To live, maybe. To visit, too, I guess. But it's just not near anything. Everything's got to get like shipped in, right? Thanks to Leonard Aberman for the pig roasting story. Hey, well, I got about a minute and a half left. Let me remind you, this Friday, this Friday, I will be releasing what will be a weekly offering entitled The Best Moments of the Barbecue Central Show in 10 Minutes or Less in the Barbecue Central Show podcast feed. So, as I had just stated a few moments ago, or as I just showed you a few moments ago, if you do not currently subscribe to the show via podcast in any form, you will need to hit the website to get it. Subscribing via podcast, the easiest way to get it going forward, of course, because once you subscribe on the podcast, all you have to do is wait for new things to be released in the feed. That's why like every Wednesday morning when you wake up, You see that little alert on your iPhone or on your Google Android platform device stating that there's a new Barbecue Central show. So same thing if you subscribe right now when a new The Best Moments of the Barbecue Central show in 10 minutes or less shows up every Friday, you'll just get that alert and you can start listening. Now, alternatively, if you don't have an interest in podcasting for whatever reason, You can come to the main website, thebbqcentralshow.com, every Friday, and the post will be right there on the homepage, or it'll be right there on the main page of my website. So it's not totally reliant on you subscribing to podcasts. You can get the posts on the website, but you will have to come to the website in order to do that. Uh, If that's convenient for you, that's fine. I don't care how you get it as long as you listen to it, and I'll be looking for your feedback John Solberg putting that together, by the way. So looking forward to uh, John Solberg and the launch of this Friday. It's going to be great. All right, let me talk to you quickly about the pit barrel cooker. Did you get a new pit barrel cooker for Christmas this year, this holiday season? A lot of you did. A lot of you sending me emails over the last couple of weeks saying, hey, I got a pit barrel cooker or a Pit Barrel Junior, you're right. I couldn't be more happy with it. This thing cooks a lot of food. It's so easy to use. I use briquettes, or I use lump charcoal, like you said you did one time, blah, blah. 
it doesn't matter any way you use it, it's going to work out really good. It's a very versatile cooker. Thanks to its revolutionary design that goes beyond traditional convection, the hook and hang method places the food in the center of the heat, acting like a stationary rotisserie. It's got that really nice porcelain coated finish, so it's going to stand up in any weather type of condition. It's extremely portable, especially the Pit Barrel Junior. Fits in the back of most trucks, vans, and SUVs. Basically, it's just ready to go wherever you are. And of course, all barbecue lovers, whether they know it or not, love the accessories. How about a great grill cover for your pit barrel? They got those. How about skewers in a couple different sizes? They got those. How about a really cool coffee mug that looks like a pit barrel cooker? They got those too. And beer coots. Rubs, yes. Really cool stainless steel shakers, yes. Everything they sell ships for free in the lower 48 continental states. No promo code, no coupon code needed. $299 for the flagship pit barrel cooker. Doesn't get any better than that. Just a little bit less for the pit barrel junior. And once again, the capacity here is just beyond compare. Amazing ribs constantly singing the praises. Go check them out for their ratings, which, by the way, is the highest rating. That's the gold star division. Head on over to pitbarrelcooker.com, see what everybody's talking about. Be sure to check out their full collection of short how-to videos, then pick up one or two for yourself, or a regular and a junior. You'll thank me later. If you have any questions, contact them through this number, 502-228-1222. And yes, they'll actually talk to you. Kevin Plawecki said, hey, I called Pit Barrel Cooker two weeks ago when he got his new Pit Barrel Cooker. Guess who answered the phone? Noah Glanville. True story. Ask Kevin. All right, we're back with Travis Clark to close out the second hour. So two segments coming up. Stick around. Be right back. The only show giving you a monthly visit from a doctor of barbecue, a man actually named Meathead, the author of a barbecue Bible. Bloggers, reviewers, competitors, and manufacturers by the dozens. It's the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rempe. Welcome back. This portion of the show is being brought to you by CookinPellets.com. Oh, yeah. Cooking Pellets. Number one source for quality wood pellets for all of your pellet-driven cookers. Visit CookinPellets.com for more information or to purchase you can also visit Amazon.com to purchase as well. And don't forget, they have tremendous flavors. What was that one that Chris Becker was telling us about? Like a- Apple Jack Shine Wood Pellets or something like that? Come on. Again, that website, cookinpellets.com. That's cookinpellets.com. I guess in the second hour, the newly minted 2017 KCBS Team of the Year finished fifth. Overall, a year ago, won the KCBS Team of the Year in 2015, so not a bad three-year stretch for sure. He's also getting into the business of barbecue, more specifically the restaurant business of barbecue in 2018. Here to recap the historic season and also talk some restaurant talk as well is the pitmaster of the Clark Crew Barbecue Team, Travis Clark, joining me. Trav pulling double duty here this evening. Trav, how are you, buddy? Man, I'm doing good. How are you? I'm doing absolutely fabulous, Travis. Appreciate you uh, making time this evening. And, uh, you know, I guess first things first, Travis, Happy New Year to you, obviously, and the family. 
Did you do anything special for New Year's? Is that your kind of a party? You know, not really. We just hung out here at the house with the kids and watched movies and ate lots of, you know, anything from Little Smokey to cheese and crackers and just just everything. Just kind of hung out with the kids and watched movies here. Did you uh, happen to see Mariah Carey? I did not. Uh, well, that blows my whole question. If it was a good job or should she get out of town? Do you have a thought anyway? You know, I didn't even see anything about it. I don't, I don't ever watch those <laughs> countdown shows or anything. Travis, I could watch them die hard and be happier. There you go. Uh, welcome to the party, pal. Travis Clark joining me here on the show. So can we do a very elementary thing here, Travis, for the folks who might be tuning in for the first time or might not really have a working knowledge of competition barbecue and specifically Kansas City Barbecue Society competition barbecue? How is the team of the year calculated? Uh, you know, can you kind of quickly break that whole thing down for us? Yeah, you know, you uh, you cook as many contests as you want. You know, KCBS, for the team of the year, they take your 10 best scores, and, and they calculate that down. You know, uh, we, we all try to thrive for that uh, max point contest, which what that means is if you cook a, a 35 team or more, you get 250 points for, for winning a category or a contest, and then you get one point up to 35 points max. So a total of 285 would be max point for for the highest score you can get. You know, so you know if they take your 10 best, if you you know have 10 grand championships, you know, and their max point, you you get a perfect perfect score. You know, and and that's the way it is. And that, so I mean, you don't have to cook 10 contests to really be in the running if you win all 10. You know, obviously the more you cook, the better odds you have. But that's pretty much the gist of it. So if you're cooking, you know, we'll get into all your numbers here in a second, but, you know, so let's say you cooked 10 contests, you win every contest, you immediately max out in points if it's 35 or more? Yeah, if they're they're 35, if you cooked 10 contests and you won and they all had 35 teams, then, then yes, you would all be max point, which until this year that had never been done. So could you, we were going to get to that, but uh, that's that's a good way to kind of go into that here. When you max out, I mean, is there is can you then tie or now there's tiebreakers that are built in? So if like ten teams no, maxed the, out, yeah, no, the way the way KCBS does it, which which is good, there's been some different talk about changing that. The way they do it, you know, you look at your ten, your, your top ten. If there should be a tiebreaker, then you would move to your eleventh contest and the other person's eleventh contest. If there's still one, you would move to twelve. The only time that's happened in, in recent years was with True Bud and, and Shake, or, or sorry, True Bud and uh, Donnie Donnie Bray, uh, Warren County Pork Chopper. Mm-hmm. Those guys, I think they had to go to like twelve contests to, to decide their tiebreaker. You know, they ended up the season. If you looked at points, they had the same points, but it had to go to their tiebreaker to do that. And and I think it had to be kind of looked at because it had never never came to a tie before and they had to look that up and but how it is now you go to like your 11th contest and your 12th contest and 13th or 14th until there isn't a tiebreaker anymore so you could actually wind up with the same amount of points and, and that's the funny thing you just don't see what that person has for their next set of points you know you really have to look into it and see travis clark from clark crew barbecue joining me here on the show uh, travis i've stated on this show especially over the past number of months that the season you and the team put together not only one for the ages, as they say, but 
the best one that has been put together in the history of KCBS Competition Barbecue. Do you see it that way as well? You know, I, I, I don't know if it's the best one, but I, I do feel that it's damn sure one of the best ones. You know, I, I think Darren's run he had, you know, one in the Royal and one in the Jack and stuff in the same year, that's that's pretty special. You know, I, you know, he had a, a hell of a run there too, you know. So I, I think there's a lot of times you go back and look at it, you know, just KCBS alone, I, I do think it's one of the probably one of the best seasons ever. So let me throw some data your way, numbers that you're probably very familiar with, but for the folks that didn't follow you intimately over the course of 2017, 47 contests cooked, 14 <laughs> grand championships, six grand championships, averaging of a score of almost 693 points. And the people that don't know scores, I mean, that's just a huge average. By the way, 2018 American Royal Invitational Champ as well. The list goes on, of course. Are there one or two things that stick out to you as pinnacle moments of the 2017 season, Travis? Yeah, you know, uh, I, you know, one of my most proud moments I, it was third to fourth contest this year. I got my first 180 in ribs. You know, we've got 28 or 30, can't remember either 28 or 30 180s in our career, and I'd never had one in the ribs until this year. So for me, that was a huge, huge moment. <laughs> um, you know, winning the Royal, obviously, was probably the the biggest moment for me. And and the one moment that I'm the most proud of was, well, August 11th or 12th when we maxed out the point system. To me, that was that was my goal I set, set early in the year. I told my wife I was going to do it and wrote it down. I told her I was going to break the point system. For me, that was a huge moment. Most people probably don't care about it, but it, it was a big deal for me. Why do you think people wouldn't care about it? I mean, that's how you're gauged on if you're going to win or not, right? Yeah, you know, I don't know. It's one of those things I set out, you know, I I want to win every single week. You know, there's a lot of people. I, I hear it all the time that, you know, we don't care about points. We don't care about that. We do it for fun. You know, if that's the case, that's fine. For me, I do care about points, and I, I cook to win. You know, I still have fun, but, I mean, that's just how a different person looks at it, you know. I mean, it's a lot of people like to go cook contests where there's good food where they're going that weekend to eat. You know, everybody has their thing that makes it special for them and hell who's to say what's right or wrong. It's just, it's just what I like to do. Travis, let's look at the individual meat categories, you know, from the beginning of this show, back when it was just a pre-recorded podcast that I uploaded 20 minutes once a week, talking with the pitmasters all the way back in 2006 or so up until present day, everybody talks about consistency, consistency, consistency. So let's look at your meats, which, by the way, almost proved to be a definition of consistency all on their own. Chicken, fifth place yeah. overall for Team of the Year rating in the chicken category. Did you find something new with chicken? Did you follow a certain approach with chicken each and every time to keep you in that top five? You know, I kind of changed my cooking technique a little bit this year as far as, like, my wrapping, you know, foil and foil in my pan. You know, I kind of changed up that technique a little and, kind of started running a little bit of a different temperature i don't cook it quite as tender as i used to and i think i kind of reeled it back in it was, it was kind of slipping from me last year you know that was the meat i really needed to work on so i think we're on the right path of getting it back up there you had mentioned a couple minutes ago that you were very pleased with the fact that you got your first 180 and ribs at a contest not only was the contest yeah. good the category was good. Nobody was better than you in ribs this year. So 
Aside from getting that 180, what does it mean to finish atop the ribs category? That that means a lot to me. We, uh, you know, we've been the best rib team for, you know, for three years now, or almost probably four. If I did the math on it, I know for three years we've been their best rib team for three years. I just never could close close the deal. I've been second, you know, I've been kind of all over there, and I've had been first in rib several times up until September, October, and let it slip. And so to finally close the deal on that is a big deal to me. That that's you know one of those things. You know that is my. I've never won a category in KCBS uh, for team of the year in categories. I've been second, I've been third, but I've never won a category. So it was it was definitely a big deal to me, and I wanted to get that jacket. You know, they started that, so it's been a goal of mine for sure. Keeping with that consistency, pork fifth place, so another huge accomplishment. And let me ask you what what is obvious uh, an obvious question, but. Uh, one that I'm interested in your thoughts on. You've, you're first overall in pork ribs, fifth overall in pork. How do pork and ribs differ? Like, why why can't you be first in, in pork and ribs? Well, I don't think anybody other than Tim or Brad could be first in pork the way they were <laughs> killing it this year. And that them guys, they they won every other single weekend they were cooking. Yeah, you know, them guys were just they just did something special. I mean, literally, to watching one guy take the lead this week and the next guy take it back the next week, it was literally back and forth. I mean, it was, it was crazy to watch them in that. It was to the when you're standing at awards, you hear everybody, oh, ooh. <laughs> I mean, it was crazy watching that. I mean, those guys have just done something amazing in pork. Um, you know, I was I was happy with fifth. There was obviously I thought there were several times I cooked better than what it was scored. You know, I think pork's becoming that meat that's kind of kind of going through that subjection you know where a lot of people were you know whether i think there for a time pulled was one of those things that you didn't didn't want people to run anymore you know i even heard judges tell me that that you know i'm tired of pulled pork you know you hear that and i think it's kind of making a comeback you know so i think things are some changing in pork i think are a lot of people still turning in money muscle only or are the majority of boxes a combo of something I don't, I don't see near as many as what I used to, you know, obviously I don't see everybody's box, but last year and the year before there was a lot of money, money only money, muscle only boxes. I get a lot of people send me pictures every week. Hey, what do you think of this? You know, and, and I don't see that near as much as what I did in the previous two years. I'm seeing a lot more pulled again, a lot more, you know, and a lot of the boxes people are sending me are, are ones that, uh, they did well with and they're like, Hey, you know, we got this. What do you think? And obviously they scored well with it. They were proud enough to show it, you know, usually, but I see a lot more pulled than I did in the previous two years. A lot more. Last category brisket, like ribs, you finished first in brisket team of the year, KCBS in the brisket category. Did you feel brisket was exceptional for you this season or did you score well? You know, brisket is the one meat that I told, Vanilla, even after my first comp of the year, I said, if I can cook this brisket that I cooked this weekend, I said, we'll win brisket team of the year. And she, she, you know, that was just between me and her. I didn't advertise anybody else, but I just thought we were really cooking a lights out brisket, you know, and we had talked about it and I felt all year that that was going to be my strongest category. I just, even the weeks that didn't score good, that was always the one mate that I was extremely happy with every, every week. I just, I just feel I'm really cooking a lot better brisket than probably any of my other meats. I'm just doing a very good job of cooking it, I think. 
So ribs and brisket seem to be okay. It seems almost crazy for me to ask, but uh, and I'm not going to ask about chicken because you said it's really come up and, and you're very happy with it. Will, will you be making changes to pork, or do you think it's just a table situation? You know, I'm I'm going to go cook this weekend, actually, and I'm not going to change a damn thing from what I did last year. I'm not going to try anything. We're going to cook the same recipes and, and, and just start the year out with what we had. I'm not going to change anything. Travis Clark joining me here on the show. Let me throw some more numbers out at you and see how it hits you. Since 2012, 161 total contests cooked, 41 grand championships, 20 reserve grand championships. By the way, if you're a mathematician, it's about a 38% clip at being one or two when you enter. By the way, if you're still a better mathematician, 25% clip at winning. That's some crazy numbers, Trav. Yeah, yeah, it's... Yeah, I've always said, Greg, that, you know, consistency is, I may not be the best cook in the country, but I do think I'm the most consistent, you know, and that's, that's always kind of been our, our claim to fame, I guess, is the consistency. I think there's a lot of people that cook, you know, certain meats a hell of a lot better than I do, but I think we can pull all four together pretty, pretty solid. Last week, I had my monthly embedded correspondence segment on, and your season was a topic of discussion for a few moments. Uh, one of the panel members posed me a question. He said, hey, you know, if I could talk to Travis, the question I would ask is, was it worth it cooking that many times, logging the miles, taking the expenses, and winning team of the year? Now, I do think it's worth pointing out that the question was a bit loaded because his wife probably would never let him cook 47 times in a calendar year. But I do think there is a good question in there, and that's this. What kind of a family dynamic is involved in the Clark household with doing what you do? And people think I'm nuts because I travel not nearly all over the country like you do for cooking as I do for my oldest daughter's volleyball. But one could not even begin to compare those two. How do you and the family work it out and keep that family dynamic together and positive when you do this so much? You know, uh, I mean, we're we're the Clark crew, and I mean that's the biggest way to to describe it. How it's important. I mean, it, it is the whole crew. All six of us have a part. You know, my oldest daughter hates barbecue and everything about it, but she she does the dishes every week and helps clean the trailer every week. She still has a part. I mean, that's that's the thing. I mean, she she don't have to like it, but she still helps to get us going every single week. You know, my wife does a lot. You know, as far as she's making the injections and, and the sauces every every week almost. You know, she's doing that. She just now walks back in the door from running out the barbecue trailer to see how many gloves we're in. You know, I mean, it's a it's an every night thing, and everybody has a part. You know, it seems like when the season's rolling strong, me and Kim are doing something every night. And you know, the kids when we get that trailer home, they help clean it. They help all clean it out. Everybody. One kid will do the bedroom. One kid does under the counters. One kid does above. I mean, it's a, it's a big deal. You know, when I'm trimming meat, I'll holler at one of them while they're watching TV. They come, you know, get my trash can or they'll come give me another pan or gloves or whatever. Run out to the garage and get in my big freezer and, and in my big fridge out there and bring meat in the house. You know, I mean, it, it's somebody's helping do something every night of the week. So I mean, it's a total dedication that most people would never understand. Yeah, it sounds like a, a complete team effort. I, I guess the, the question as we delve into Dr. Phil here is, do you think that at any point they're like, why do we have to be involved as kids into what my dad wants to do, racing around and cooking barbecue better than anyone else year after year? Why do we have to get involved in this? Do you ever worry about that? You, uh, yeah, I, I do. 
I, I, you know, I've always tried to explain to them that, that this is, this is a step in the direction that, that I want to go to, to lead to the bigger picture, which is now, you know, going to be the restaurant. You know, this is, you know, I, I try to tell them, I know this sucks, but we got to go out and cook to do well, to put, to put people in them classes so they can learn, you know, it, it's a, you know, I've always tried to explain to them, say, Hey, you know, you got this and this, this is what helps pay for that. You know, it's a job, you know, and that's how I look at it. You know, my hobby and what I love to do has become a job for them, you know, and, and they, they get paid to help do that, you know, but I mean, that's just what we've, what we've done. That being said, it's, it's wearing on us all, you know, I mean, that's why we, you know, we hit it extremely hard this year and I won't hit it that hard again another year. You know, it's, it's a personal satisfaction thing for me more so than it is rewarding. You know, it's, yeah, I, I do feel like cooking KCBS, you know, there's not a lot of glory and fame in that, you know, and <laughs> I mean, you know, KCBS has never been a society that embraces their champions. And I mean, I, I, I just, call it like it is, you know, it's, you ask any guy that's one team of the year <laughs> when it's over, you stand back and you're like, Holy shit, that was it. You know, I, I did this. And I mean, most of them people never understand how hard it is. You put a whole year of your life out there and you cook that whole year and put everything you have into it, every penny you have into it and be prepared to lose money, no matter how good your season is. And, and you're doing it for a class high school ring. You know, it's it's comical. I mean, and it's crazy, but I mean, it's honestly how it is. I, I remember you know, it, it's a pride thing. I remember speaking with a pitmaster uh, coming into 2016 after he just won 2015 Team of the Year and saying, "Hey, would you ever do it again?" And he couldn't have answered no quick enough. Yeah, you know, and I mean, I had knee surgery, you know, you know, through through 16, so it was a little different deal. And you know, I, I cooked. I'm so addicted to it. I cooked. You know eight or nine contests that year on crutches. I cooked 20 of them with a knee brace on still, you know, and I mean, it's, you know, I mean, you're not cooking as good as you should be. I mean, you're injured, you're doing everything else. You're not doing what you should be, but I'm still doing it because I love doing it. You know, it's more self-rewarding than it is, you know, uh, regaining attention from other people because most people, you know, just don't follow it like that, you know, and, and that's one of those things that, I mean, I've heard all the great champions say the same thing. You know, KCBS doesn't embrace their champions like like they should. You know, they should take those guys. I mean, if I was them, I would have Tim Shear in front of everybody. Mm-hmm. Every pork board, a pork counselor is. I mean, there's no better pork cook than that guy in the dang country, him and Brad both. I mean, pork in general, If I, I, I can't believe they don't have them out there doing something on everything. You know, them guys have just killed it on that. So simple. They can put it on a can and go do it. You know, they, they, they should be using that. It's like a, taking a great NFL team and they got Tom Brady on there and you're throwing him on the bench. You know, they're not using them like you should to better the sport. Do you think that's ever going to change, you know, Travis? I mean, it's not the first time. Nah, it probably wasn't going to be nah, the last time that we've heard about how KCS doesn't I embrace the champs. You know, I, I don't think they will. I haven't seen them make any strides, you know. You know, why don't, you know, them guys do a lot for, the sport a lot of these top guys do, you know, why, why don't they have them on these, you know, on the Steve Harvey show and all that, you know, look what Brad's done with his daughter getting out there. He's promoted his daughter for her better than KCBS has ever promoted anybody that's cooked for them. And I, and I truly believe that, you know, and that's because the guy's got passion, you know, and he's putting it in a daughter, you know, and, and other people don't see it that way, but 
I think bigger picture, if they promoted, they have, if they truly believe you have the best cooks in the country, why don't you promote them guys? You know, and I guarantee I'll get off this and I'll have 20 messages from people going, I can't believe you said that, but I mean, that's exactly how I feel about it. You know, you, you know, if you think you have the best cooks in the country and you have some of the best guys, you know, why aren't those two, why isn't KCBS and those teams working together on something to, to promote it all and make it better for us all? You know, Travis, uh, you know? The, the KCBS board is up for, some of the seats are up for election, uh, just started here, I think, yesterday. From a competition scene, you know, as you're talking to other pitmasters, I mean, is there any talk amongst you guys about saying, hey, you know, what is going on on the inner side of KCBS? Uh, do you guys want to see finances? Do you want to see what's being taken in, what's being spent? Is there a desire to see any of that? You know, I, I don't necessarily know if I need to see that. I mean, you know, that, that side of it's really not, you know, my business side. I understand it's a business. And, and well, I, I mean, it's a nonprofit, though, right? It's a nonprofit. Well, I don't know. Is it really a total nonprofit? I didn't think it really was. Yeah, of course. I mean, well, hell, I don't know. I mean, I guess, you know, <laughs> but they got a lot of people and you got that big old building. I mean, if you're a nonprofit, I'm surprised you fork out that kind of dough for for a building. You know, I mean, if that's, I guess if that's what it is, I mean, I don't necessarily feel that I need to see their finances. I mean, you kind of trust that they do the right thing with it. You know, I just think that there's a lot of things they could do that could could better it for cooks and, and better it for themselves, you know, by, by doing some of those things, you know, uh, you know, you know, I don't know. I mean, I guess if I looked and I had the best pork or, or chicken cook, you know, you look, you know, look at whoever's the best in a category, whether it's us and ribs or brisket or whatever, you know, those, I, I would promote that, you know, I mean, I think, you know, uh, one thing you even look at like Smithfield, I'm not a Smithfield team, but they promote the shit out of their guys. Yep. You know, I mean, that's that's big. You you look at, I don't know, KCBS doesn't promote those guys that are out there building their name, you know. That, you know, those are the guys that are out there talking every weekend. You know, we're telling people, hey, you know, sign up, become a team. You know, call us if you need pointers. We're doing that for them, you know. It's, you know, we do it for, for bragging rights. You know, we go to that banquet, you know, getting that getting that trophy and getting that recognition means to us, you know, more, most of us that do that, that, you know, we're doing it for that bragging, right? You know, we're not doing it for a financial business. We're doing it to, to build our name up, whether we're cooking to hopefully be able to teach a class or, or do a restaurant or sell a product. You know, I just think that, I think as an organization that, that I do feel is, is the best organization in all of barbecue. I, I truly believe that enough that I put my heart and soul into it. I just wish they, believed in the people that were out cooking there as much as as much as we do in there. Travis Clark joining me from the Clark Crew Barbecue. Travis, can I hold you over for another segment? We can talk about some restaurant stuff. Sure. All right, stand by. We're talking with Travis Clark, 2017 Barbecue, or sorry, 2017 KCBS Barbecue Team of the Year. I'm going to talk to you quickly about Green Mountain Grills, one of the longest-running sponsors of this show. Pellet cookers at their finest. If you need something large because you have a big family or you'd like to do a lot of entertaining, or maybe you're just small family, you just like to have big stuff. Well, they got one covered for you here. That's the Jim Bowie. If you like something a little bit more on the medium size, the Daniel Boone is the way to go. You can still get, you know, outside of pants, probably six, seven pork butts on there, eight, nine pounds a piece, number of racks of ribs, certainly a full packer is going to be no issue. 
And then if you are interested in doing those tailgates or camping, Davy Crockett is the most portable pellet cooker that they offer right now. Now, here's the most exciting part of the whole thing. If you have a Jim Bowie or you're going to get one or a Daniel Boone and you like high heat pizza, what did I say? 2017 was going to be the year of high heat pizza, and I was certainly right. Sales have proven me right, by the way, and so is statistical analysis. They make an insert, their pizza insert. It's like 130 bucks, 140 bucks, or whatever it is. You rip the guts out of the Daniel Boone or the Jim Bowie, and then this pizza insert fits right over the firebox. Then you put on the pizza stone. Then you have a dome that goes over the top. Set your cooker to like 350 degrees. That's going to be 700 degrees on the stone. Quick rule of thumb. Whatever the cooker is at, double it. And that's where your stone is going to be. So now you can do high heat pizza just like a champion. It's going to be one of the best investments you ever make. You can go to GreenMountainGrills.com. That's GreenMountainGrills.com. And look at all the information they have. Check out the best cookers. And then find a dealer near you. Not online. Not Amazon. No, no. They want to be able to train their people, their dealers, so they can train you. So you're happy right out of the box. No buyer's remorse. Great idea. Again, the website GreenMountainGrills.com. That's GreenMountainGrills.com. We're back with more Travis Clark right after this. Stick around. Be right back. Continuing to produce incredibly mediocre content in an exceptionally professional way. You're listening and watching the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rampey. All right, welcome back. This segment brought to you by Fireboard. Monitor up to six different temperatures simultaneously. Connect to Wi-Fi or cloud-based monitoring or connect via Bluetooth. And if you have Alexa or Google Assistant in your home, you're in luck because Fireboard fully integrates with both. Ted Conrad just told us about that. Find out more by visiting fireboard.com or call 816-945-2232. I have Alexa all over my house right now. It's great. All right, Travis, appreciate you hanging with me here through the spots. Uh, let's go ahead and pick back up. Restaurant business yeah. for Travis Clark. I mean, it's it's not enough that you scour this great land of ours and win a bunch of times and trophies and categories. But now you're getting into like the biggest time monster of them all, which is restaurant stuff. So uh, talk to me about how this even comes about. You know, uh, I've always said that, that I wanted to own a sports bar. That was kind of something I always wanted. Mm-hmm. And after we've, you know, had some success cooking, I mean, my my passion of of just cooking in general has just grown so much that I, I mean, that, that I'm addicted to it. I mean, I love doing it. I love, I grill every single day and cook. I, I just love doing it. And it's just been kind of our topic here at the house that, you know, hey, we're going to work hard for this and this is going to be the end game. And, and I've had an opportunity come up to where, where we can make that dream a reality, you know, so we're working really hard on it right now to do that. So were you guys actively looking for either an existing restaurant or, a piece of property or something along these lines and say, Hey, once something comes up, then we're going to put, we ha- we'll have a plan in place and then we can start executing that. Yeah. You know, the last two years I've been buying equipment off and on, whether it was on Facebook or a guy I knew or something, selling something I've been buying it, you know, right and left. I mean, I, you know, I've got old hickory pits. I haven't even used yet. I have just been buying everything and letting, 
letting my, you know, barbecue classes, investing that into buying equipment, you know, from Cambros to cookers to stainless tables. I mean, I've just been buying equipment. I mean, I've got four slicers now, you know, I've just been buying everything, just kind of preparing to that. And what my end game was originally going to be was catering because, I mean, every time we, we were getting calls every week in, in every local contest, anywhere we was, people, hey, can you do a wedding? Can you do our Christmas party? Can you do this? And and we were constantly just turning people down. I mean, every single week we were just turning it down, and we're still turning it down right now. But now we're telling them, hey, it's coming, you know. And we were just like, you know, why are we turning it down and referring everybody to somebody else? Why aren't we doing it? And and that's what my my end game was going to be was to start the catering. We had found a building that we liked. We were going to work on putting the kitchen in and do the catering out of that, and then you know hopefully eventually open up into the building next to it and do a restaurant. You know, and and now I think we're just going to. Well, I know. I guess I don't think we're going to just go uh, full on restaurant right off and catering the whole nine yards. So, what kind of a time frame are we looking at, and and where is the restaurant going to be? You know, it's going to be here in Oklahoma City. Um, I'll know more on time frame here within the next couple of weeks. We have a couple building options. One would be from the ground up, and a couple other ones we're looking at are, are buildings that we could, one of them, we would have to build out the inside completely, and another one is a restaurant that's 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 ready to run as a restaurant that wouldn't take near as much. So we don't really know location-wise yet. We're we're getting We're getting very close on that. And that'll kind of dictate my timeline. So how do you, you know, how do you come to the decision there? If you have one that's kind of turnkey, then you have one where you have the structure is good, but the guts aren't where you need it to be, and then you have one that you could build custom suit. How do you decide which one to pick? Yeah, you know, it's running that 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 square footage price out. You know, I mean, there's a lot of difference in your square foot. You know, uh, looking at all that, looking at all the numbers about how many people pass by there how many people work in that area around lunchtime how many people live there in the evenings looking at all those numbers and just trying to trying to determine you know where that best location is going to be you know and and obviously the better the location the more it costs and then you got to sit there and figure out well how much can we run through there you know what do we think can we make enough to push it push that high location can we run enough people through there to make it worth it are you better to go with a with a little less location and less overhead and, and and do that so it's Luckily, uh, the the partners I have on this are very, very knowledgeable in that area of it, and it's providing a lot of support for me to uh, to do this at a high level right off. It's not the first time that you've heard a successful pitmaster get into the restaurant portion of the barbecue business. Uh, Jason Ganahl comes right to mind, very successful pitmaster out there in the Denver area who's turned it oh, yeah. into a, you know, a restaurant. Great. Do you reach out to folks that you know – who have been in your situation, been a successful competition cook, and tried to parlay that into the restaurant business to lean on them for information. Absolutely. You know, I'm so fortunate for that. Jason is a good one to bring up. Me and him were just texting two nights ago. Same thing. You know, I'm going to be out there cooking a contest this week and going to swing by and talk with him some more. You know, I mean, he's one of the new guys that's done it and just done it right, just hitting it out of the park. You know, so it's it's good to be able to talk to guys like him. I've I've talked to Darren a bunch. I've talked to Jeff Staney with Joe's. I mean, I've talked with a lot of these guys. You know, and it's the the consensus is from a lot of them is run. You know, but <laughs> you know, I I don't know. It's just 
it's just my passion. I mean, I, I just want to do it, you know, and, and I'm going to do it. I'm going to give up my career, you know, being a, being an electrician and I and E-Tech, something I've done for, you know, I'm 30, going to be, what the hell am I? 37 years old right now. I mean, I've been doing it since I was 16, you know, so most of my whole life, it's what I've done. And, and I'm going to give that up to do this. So, I mean, it's a, it's an all in deal. It is an all-in deal. It's a big-time investment. You're going to, especially in a barbecue restaurant, you or whoever's going to be the pit master, I assume that's going to be you, of course, because your name's going to be on it, Yeah, uh, has a lot of time commitment there. So I'm assuming that you're not going to be able to compete to the degree that you have here over the last handful of years. Do you have an idea of what kind of a competition schedule you're going to have as it relates to the restaurant once it gets up and you going? Know, this year, I hope to get in, you know, 20, 25. I don't really know. I'm hoping to get in 20. You know, my, my goal is to hopefully build this up to to get to that level where I can, you know, work my butt off in that restaurant but still still maybe get out on that competition trail, you know, eventually. That's kind of the end game. I told my wife I can't keep working this full-time job that I am and trying to juggle two hours of vacation here and there to go out and compete 40 times a year. I mean, it's been a nightmare. So most people don't know that but I work a full-time job year-round and, and still do this, you know, so I'm hoping that I can work that full-time job as my as my restaurant and maybe eventually get that to where the weekends I still can go out and compete, you know, not 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 near what I'm doing, but, you know, maybe that, you know, can continue on where I can keep doing that. So, you know, that's that's obviously my my dream, you know. I think Darren has set the standard of, of being able to, to do that. <laughs> yeah. Now, obviously, that's going to take years and years to ever get to that point. But, you know, I hope that I still have that passion for competing like I do. It's, you know, I, I feel I feel like I'm going to go from that wanting to be the best cook in the country to having the best barbecue restaurant in the country. You know, we all have to chase something. And, you know, I'll start off with the best in Oklahoma. You know, I mean, that's what I want to try to be. That, that's got to be my goal. When we talk about barbecue restaurants, Travis, obviously we talk about styles of barbecue or how you're going to make it. One kid and one expect once you're open and you start to stop in for some cue. You know, uh, I think I'm going to be kind of a kind of a happy blend from a from a Texas style restaurant to to uh, to a Kansas City style restaurant. I'm going to have whole hickory pits and, and my goal is to have a, a couple big offsets out back and and rock my briskets on there and, and do butcher paper and you know try to try to try to do the brisket that way you know i'm going to have that pork and ribs and an old hickory i'm i'm going to try to kind of blend a little texas in with some with my kansas city style and you know and and, and the other partners i have of successful restaurants and and to be able to work with them with the things they have i, I just think we're going to be able to put out an amazing product that you know I, i'm going to be working on that i probably have about a month month or month and a half at my job that i have and it's going to be focusing on that you know so it, it'll be right nothing will you know i won't cut any corners you know i'm it's a big thing to me you know if you're going to be able to say you're world champion and people are going to come there they're going to expect a great a great product you know in, the, in a restaurant that's going to be our life is not the place that i can cut back and try to produce a, a a half-ass product you know you don't have to do what we do in competition but there's there's a lot of guys out there producing great food at other restaurants and and that's what i want to do also from a restaurant point travis are you going to be 
what you would refer to, I guess, as a traditional restaurant where you open and you're open from, let's say, uh, beginning of a lunch until eight, nine at night? Or are you going to do more of a, a, let's call it Texas style restaurant where you open for lunch and you start wheeling and dealing and once you're out, you're out? You know, no, we, we want to be open for, for, for lunch and dinner. That That is something we want to do. You know, so it'll be a staggering that meet out to have have that to be able to do both crowds. But no, that's that's my goal is to be able to, you know, do lunch and dinner. So is that a worry for you? I think one of the biggest issues for barbecue restaurants is you know everything is great when the food's coming off and the crowd is there, but once you hit a downtime, if that food's still ready but there's no crowd, now we're talking about holding and potentially losing that uh, real good viability of when the meat is at its best. How are you going to be able to to combat and overcome that issue? You know that that's something that uh, we're definitely going to be working on up there. I, I'm going to be traveling up to some of these locations and, and working on that. You know, and that's you know that's one thing that I've spent quite a bit of time talking with Darren on is is how it's a, you know, a rethermalization game. How do you, how do you keep that meat, you know, right over a longer period of time? That's way different than what we do in competition. You know, it's not about that one bite. It's about serving a great brisket now, you know, so that's going to take a lot of work, you know, something that I am not the best at, which is why it was smart for us to partner uh, to do this because they are very good at that, you know, so it's going to be great to, to shed some of my light with some of their light. And, and I think it's going to make us uh, very, very successful at it. I hope. I would imagine you're going to be seeing that standard for meat menu, but as far as other items is the thought to be simple, do what you do really good and offer that, or are yeah. you going to have a bunch of other menu items like burgers and hot we, dogs and all this other stuff? You know, we, we're going to have a kid's menu. My son's dream Coop's dream is to have a, an amazing hot dog on the kids menu that he can call the coop dog. <laughs> so no matter what, that's going to be on there. Cause I told him that from day one, yeah. we could do that if we ever did a restaurant. So, I mean, we're, we're going to do that. That's one thing that's very important to me that I think a lot of people don't focus on is a great kids menu. We're coming from a family with a lot of kids. We eat at a lot of restaurants and we go out and eat three nights a week and we go to different places all over. And that's one thing that drives me crazy is how some place can have a great menu and and then the kids menu is shit. You know, and if I'm going out to eat at a great restaurant, I want my kids to have great food and you see it all the time. And that's something we won't do. We're going to have a great kids menu because I mean, that's what makes it the family, family experience, man. I mean, we look at that, you know, and it's important to us and I, and I hope it's important to other people because that's going to be a, a big thing we focus on. Talking with Travis you know, Clark. I, Go ahead, Trev. No, I said I, I just think that that's a something that's overlooked in a, in a lot of places. But we're going to have a, a a scaled back menu. I'm going to really try to focus on the things we serve as being being very good versus having a lot of just a big menu and all of it just being okay. Travis Clark from the Clark Crew Barbecue Team joining me here on the show talking about the new restaurant venture. Do you have a name for it? Is it going to be Clark Crew Barbecue Restaurant or something like that? Yeah, right now that's kind of the. You know, we had toyed around with that. We had talked about, I always thought that was what I wanted. It was Clark Crew Barbecue. And then, you know, then we talked about Clark Barbecue. And you know, we talked about a lot of different names, you know, Farmhouse Barbecue. We talked about a lot of different names. Did you ever talk about the Barbecue Central Show restaurant? 
That that's in the leading. That's in the top five in the wheelhouse right now. Great, great, good news. <laughs> you know, we talked about Rimpies, Just calling it Rimpies. Hey, know, so there's, even there's some options out there. <laughs> I appreciate that. I see you working, Traff. Um, let me ask you one other question. Let's uh, jump out of the restaurant here for just one second and uh, head over to Facebook, answer a question. Daniel Rodriguez is asking, the number one piece of advice you would give a new team getting into the competition scene? You know, it sounds sounds like I'm just trying to plug my class, but I'm not saying just mine. No matter what you do, I don't care who you take, find a good class, whether that's Tim, Brad's, Rod's, mine, find a good barbecue class and take it. You will save a boatload of money, whether you're going to cook five or ten contests that year, it'll pay for itself. It's the best money you'll ever spend and the biggest nugget you'll ever gain. Hands down. Hands down. That'd be the one thing I would tell anybody. You have a class coming up, Trav? You want to plug? You know, I do have a couple. They're both sold out. Um, I got one in January and February. They're both sold out. Nice. We're going to release another one um, for April 27th and 28th. You know, and I'm not saying that, that you have to take mine. I mean, I don't care if you take Tim, Brad, find find what you think will be the best class out there. You know, what what you think will work for you and and, and take it. I mean, that 650 bucks you'll spend doing that, you know, will take you from the bottom of the pack to getting calls guaranteed if you if you pay attention in that class and it's a good class. Trev, would you spend 1500 bucks on a class? Nope. Ever? I wouldn't. Never. Nope. Okay. No, uh, I, me, I, I, I would not. You know, there's, there's nobody out there that that I feel. I, I'm not trying to sound arrogant, but I mean, I feel that I'm one of the best cooks in the country, and I don't feel that there's fifteen hundred dollars worth of knowledge for me to gain. Um, if I was a guy that had never, never done it, you know, if I hadn't done it, mm-hmm. it'd be a lot more apt to gain fifteen hundred dollars worth of knowledge from at that point. You know what I mean? I mean, if you had never done it and you're getting into it, I'd be a lot more apt to pay fifteen hundred than than myself to ever go pay that. But that's just you know, I mean, the class. You know, Fred Robles just announced his class. He's a fucking hell of a cook. You know, that guy's a guy's a great cook. You know, but what I do, KCBS, I don't think I could probably gain fifteen hundred dollars worth from that. Probably the same as him coming to my class might not be. Is, is much geared to what he does, you know. It's, but it, that's for somebody. He'll fill that class because there's enough people that that want what Fred has, you know. I mean, he's pretty much dominated Texas, so there's he'll fill that class. Yep. I, I'm I'm pretty sure he will. Kind of a world food champion as well. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's you know. But to me, I look at Brad, and you know, Brad was right there in the KCBS side and did that, you know, and finished up there too. And he's KCBS, you know, and that's. It depends on where you cook and all that. I mean, I cook against some guys every week, so I know, I know what they can do, you know, and it's it's pretty impressive. And you know, Fred is Fred's a, a hellacious cook, and I mean, he's just a great cook. You know, you ever watch that guy trim a piece of meat? He's one of the best you'll ever see with a knife. No know? doubt so, about it. No doubt about it. Yeah. Travis Clark from the Clark Crew Barbecue Team, the 2017 Barbecue Team of the Year. And getting down with his own restaurant here. So as updates happen, Trav, uh, please feel free to funnel them my way so I can disseminate them to the Centralite faithful. Uh, Again, congratulations on the huge win. Happy New Year, and we will talk to you again soon, buddy. Man, thank you, Greg. I appreciate it. You got it. There he is, Travis Clark from the Clark Crew Barbecue.
All right, let's wrap it up. All the way back in the first hour, we talked with Ray Lampy, Dr. Barbecue, for the first installment of Ask Dr. Barbecue in 2018. And then we talked with Ted Conrad from Fireboard, the newest sponsor of the show. Shout out, fireboard.com. And then the second hour, we hooked up with Travis Clark, reviewed the 2017 historic year that he had. He downplayed it a little bit, but maxed out points a little more than halfway through the year, and then that was that. Then we also talked in the second segment about his new restaurant venture. So excited to see how that turns out. He's got some partners. He's got his work ethic. We'll see how it unfolds from here. Big show lined up for you next Tuesday already. Till we get there, September 11th, 2001, I will never forget. And until next Tuesday at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, this is your program host and proud U.S. American, Greg Rempe. Good night now.